attention, attention all personnel. It's MASHCAST. Hello and welcome to MASHCAST, the show that analyzes and celebrates episode by episode the greatest TV series of all time, MASH, proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm your host, Corporal Captain Rob Kelly, and joining us this week for the beginning of Season 2 in the VIP tent is Lieutenant Lee Asif. Hi, Lee. Hi, Rob. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Uh, For those of you that are listening, you may wonder, uh, Rob sounds a little funny, even more than normal, uh, and that is because I happen to come down with a cold, uh, but I really wanted to get MASHCast Season 2 up and running, so much like Hawkeye is going to do later on the season, I'm going to work through the illness, so we'll we'll, we'll see how we do. So I I appreciate uh, you still doing the show, Lee, because I might be uh, coughing and sneezing occasionally as we talk. I don't sweat it. I have a bad habit of doing the exact same thing. (laughs) All right. Very, okay, very cool. So uh, anyway, yeah, this is the first episode of season two uh, for both this show and for uh, MASH itself. So before we get to the episode, which is Divided We, we Stand, um, Lee, I have to ask you, since this is your first time on the show, like, what's your history with MASH? I have to admit, it's a very similar to pretty much everybody else's. I had the good fortune of, I'm just old enough, where I had the good fortune of catching MASH in the 70s. A little too young to have caught it in first run. But when it began to syndicate, probably in the mid to later 70s, we watched it a lot, especially my, my mom and my sister and I, and uh, just kind of watched it from that point forward. And I'm convinced that, in prep for this episode, I'm convinced that largely I love seasons one through three, Henry and Trapper, probably because those were the early episodes, you know, in those early days that got the most replay during the syndication because they just simply had, didn't have enough besides those. So I can't help but wonder if that's maybe a little bit of my you know, affectation for that particular era of the show. But, yeah, largely just comes from you know, watching it in first run and in syndication in those glory days of you know, late 70s, mid to late 70s, and early 80s syndication. Yeah. Did you watch it when like, the later episodes, when they aired you know, for the first time on CBS? I did. I did. Because, again, it was one of those things where it was just part of that CBS grouping of great shows mm-hmm. in that period of time. Like, say, you, know, you have you know, Saturday Night. And, yeah, you said pretty much a little bit of everything because we would watch Bob Newhart and, of course, All in the Family and all that good stuff at the time on CBS as it was. So MASH just fell in in with the rest of it. Yeah, well, that's actually a perfect segue. Thank you, Lee, uh, because uh, the big change between season one and season two, as we all know, season one, uh, MASH was a very low-rated show. It wasn't wasn't like at the very bottom like uh, Cheers was, and Ryan Daly's over there on Cheers Mm -hmm. Cast talks about. But MASH was not a big hit. And then – uh, it was the, the William Paley's wife apparently mm-hmm. loved the show and apparently engaged in a certain amount of pillow talk and said, <laughs> you know, do, you guys are treating this show so poorly. Do something better with it. It's a great show. And so he moved it to Saturday nights after All in the Family mm-hmm. and All in the Family was already an established hit. And that formed a Saturday night lineup of in terms of the sitcoms. All in the Family, MASH, the Mary Tyler Moore mm-hmm. Show, and the Bob Newhart Show, which I still say is probably the single greatest lineup of sitcoms ever in TV history. I could, You could argue that maybe Thursday Night on NBC with Cosby, Family Ties, Cheers, Night Court is, is in that right. league, and I would say that. But I would still say that this lineup of All in the Family, MASH, Mary Tyler Moore, Bob Newhart, I don't think it gets any better than it that. It doesn't. It really doesn't. I mean, that's the perfect perfect meeting of things. It's absolutely perfect timing. I mean, who'd have thought on a Saturday night, which is the land of the dead nowadays. But Right, yeah. You know, Isn't that amazing to think about? Nowadays, TV Saturday nights is just a denizen of reality shows or news shows or reruns. Exactly. And that, Back then, it was like the hit show. That's sort of amazing. So, And, and so, Larry Gelbart, 
who uh, wrote this episode, uh, directed by Jackie Cooper mm-hmm. and Perry White. Yep. Um, he constructed this episode to work as a second pilot yep. because he figured that most of the people that were going to be tuning in had never seen MASH. So he was basically reintroducing it. So that's what happens in this episode. So um, it opens with General Clayton, played by Herb Volan, mm-hmm. of course, worried that the pressures of working so close to the front are taking their toll on the staff of the 477, sends a psychiatrist, Captain Hildebrand, played by Anthony Holland, to check up on them and write a report. Henry is the only one told of Hildebrand's real mission, and he is upset over the idea that the 477th might be broken up if the report isn't positive. And even though he's sworn to secrecy, late at night he tells Hawkeye and Trapper of Hildebrand's true mission. Later, Hildebrand overhears Henry and Radar talking, or Radar informs him that everyone in the camp will be on their best behavior. <laughs> the fix is in. <laughs> the fix is in. <laughs> Things are okay at first, with Hawkeye and Trapper pretending they like Frank, but doing so with a dollop of sarcasm, <laughs> leaving Henry to laugh nervously. Yep. Eventually, the cracks begin to show, and Captain Hildebrand catches all the four or seven in their usual antics. He calls a meeting in Henry's office, telling them all that he is going to recommend that the unit be broken up. His thoughts are interrupted by Radar, who announces that wounded are arriving. The doctors snap into action, bursting out of Henry's office, leaving Captain Hildebrand all alone. He visits the OR and is sickened by what he sees, the blood and the gore. Hawkeye, Trapper, and the rest are running like a well-oiled machine, and Hildebrand leaves. Later, General Clayton arrives, and they all find Hildebrand in the swamp, drinking heavily. Mm-hmm. Hildebrand admits that while the members of the 47th 7th are indeed mad, it would be madder still to break them up. So, all right, Lee, uh, like, what do you think of this episode? Okay, all right. Number one, I really like Anthony Holland as Hildebrand. I came with this concept that he's not some snidely whiplash, must, snidely whiplash, mustache-twirling kind of bad guy there to mess them up. He's there to do the job. And, right, and, he's, right. and he's incredibly empathetic. He really is. He's, he's, he, you know, he hasn't made his decision by the time he's gotten there. Like I said, he's on the job, but he's really understanding. You know? And I like that, and I like that he's smart. That he's aware of the fact that they're cheating, that you know that Henry has tipped them off easily, and so I like that aspect of it. Uh, again, I got it before. I'm, I'm trying, sorry to segue, but this is Jackie Cooper episode. And I'm a big Jackie Cooper geek. Um, <laughs> you have Perry White, no doubt. We're all Superman fans, um, but but also I'm a big Little Rascals fan, and I like that era. So I just want to say that. <laughs> Get that out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, man had an amazing career. Yeah, I mean this episode opens literally with narration. Yeah by General Clayton telling uh, Captain Hildebrand who everybody is. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's like, we've got, uh, we've got Henry, a fair, a, a comp- a, an excellent doctor, but a fair to middling administrator. Exactly. And then we, we see him in the tent with, with Le- Lieutenant Scorch, which is, uh, by the way, her final appearance on, on I didn't know that. And, yep, and this is it for her. Uh, he talks about Radar. Although it's funny, he calls Radar in this speech Radar. I <laughs> which you would think he would not do because that's a that's a nickname. You think he would call him Walter O'Reilly? Mm-hmm. But of course, we, he wasn't uh, he wasn't named Walter at that point. But that's that's a funny little glitch. Even even Clayton is kind of in in you know is part of the four seven seven. He goes along with the fact that radar is radar. And then he talks about uh, Frank and Hot Lips. And then I love his his line reading yep. when he talks about Frank Burns and he says Frank bill- Burns billets with two doctors, captains both. Pierce and McIntyre. That is on my nose. Ripping with sarcasm. I love that. (laughs) That's great. And it's like without even having 
to follow up, which they do, because then they talk about their, how how like, unmilitary they are. You can just know by the way that Herb Volan reads that line that okay, obviously these guys are not the kind of typical doctor that the general wants, just because nope. he it's dripping with contempt. It's a great line read by Herb. Pierce at McIntyre. Yeah, it's <laughs> great. I love it. It's just fantastic. And you're right. I, I do like that angle that Captain Hildebrand is not a villain. He's there to do a job. Yep. Uh, he's he's kind of just. You know, he's like, look, if these people are really cracking under the pressure, we need to get them out. It's actually a, a very kind attempt. You have to realize it, it's not going to work right. and it, you don't want to see it. But but yeah, I like that. And by the way, I should mention some of Anthony Holland's other credits. Um, he was in Midnight Cowboy, Clute, The Out of Towners. He passed away in 1988. Really? Just the other yeah, um, just the other day I I watched uh, Bob Fosse's All That Jazz for the first time, and he's in that movie. And I was like, yeah, and I was like, wow, they're all good, Captain Hildebrand. I keep interrupting you, and I apologize because it's funny. The other day, because FX is fixing to run that Fosse and Verdon series, it got me right, right. It got me thinking about All That Jazz, and I watched like the opening of it where, where Roy Scheider's you know, kind of doing the auditions for everybody. And sure enough, I was like, oh, my God. It's Anthony Holland. I'm about to talk about him. And I can't even all that jazz like a week before. That is so awesome yeah. that you saw it too. That's neat. Well, what are the odds of that? Uh, that Anthony Holland would, would appear sort of in front of you and that both of us in the last week or something is very, very strange. That's very weird. But yeah, so yeah, I like him in this. And he said, we, we see in the opening scenes, we see a Hawkeye and Trapper playing with another one of theirs. They're doing strip poker. <laughs> That, that pay up, yeah, and of course, uh, Hawkeye, when Hawkeye loses the bet, he, has to, he gives his dog tags. That scene makes my my skin crawl because they really conveyed really well on Mash how cold Korea got, yep. and just seeing them with no clothes on, I hate being cold, uh-huh. and so just seeing them freeze, I'm like, Ugh. oh my god, you're <laughs> you know, in Jersey I too. I bet you do hate being cold, brother. I understand. Oh man, <sighs> yeah, it's absolutely awful. So I hate that. Uh, a couple of things worth noting here in terms of. Uh, uh, some other historical markers mm-hmm. here. Of course, again, this is the first episode of, of season two, and it's the beginning of the new time slot. Uh, this is the first appearance of Kelly Nakahara <gasps> as Nurse Kelly. Wow. Um, yeah, she would go uncredited uh, for a bunch of episodes, but she went on to be in 167 episodes of MASH. Awesome. Uh, of course, including season 11, where she got sort of an episode to herself for the most part. Mm-hmm. So this is the beginning there. Uh, this is the only time we ever see General Clayton's office. Uh, we never see it other than that. I'm sure it's just redressed Henry's office. Um, and then the other uh, little detail was fun is in the opening shot of the 477th when, when Clayton is talking. Uh, you Way off in the background, you see a blue van driving in the hills of supposedly <laughs> Korea, 1950. So, Mash was pretty good at that, but every so often they would miss it. But, yeah, I, d- I never noticed until I saw it on IMDb. And then when I rewatched the episode, oh, yep, there's the van. So I'll look for that next. <laughs> there's, there's some van out there that is famous for being for being in Mash. So, but, um, but, anyway, this is a very, very funny show because, of course, you're rooting for them to pull off the scam. It's like I talked about in season mm-hmm. one. Uh there was a lot of Hawkeye and Trapper pull scams, but it's for the right reason. And so I like all this is that, of course, they're trying to fool Hildebrand. But, of course, they're such gonzo nutjobs uh, at the unit. They can't help themselves. So, I mean, it, the truth will out. Um, do, you ever, like, what, do you have a particular favorite scene of, 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 from this episode? That's a tough one. One thing I would like to point out that I really like about this, this is a very Henry episode. Because you know, I've caught that on other MASHcast episodes we all talked about how you know, Henry doesn't really have a whole lot to do with this one. And it's very Henry-centric. So he's kind of in most of it, and I like that. I like that McLean Stevenson mm-hmm. gets 
gets out there and does it. Oh, God, our favorite scene. Now I'm trying to go over my notes real quick. Uh, God, well, like I said, I do love that. That I never really thought about it until I watched it recently. That pay up when Leslie does that. I like that. And you're <laughs> right. They do. Every time they walk out and it's cold. At the end of the episode, when Clayton shows up and they walk out of, uh, of surgery, it looks cold. It feels cold. Um, I don't know. The, um, I have to admit, I love Hildebrand. I mean, I'm jumping to the end. But I love Hildebrand's sitting there swilling gin. Yeah. Oh yeah, when he gets sauced, he gets yeah. sauced, and I mean that'll that'll probably lead to my favorite line as it is. But it's just such a great scene, and you watch, and it cuts back forth to to Alan Alda and Wayne Rogers, and they're very serious, kind of. They're not trying to joke or jape or anything or jump into his conversation. They're letting him lay it out for Clayton. That you know they're fine. Just leave them alone. Just leave them alone. You know, yeah. You know, it's an impossible situation with impossible people. You know, doing the possible job. You know, to break them up would be even more, you know, insane. So you, you mentioned this is a very Henry Cedric episode, and I, I agree with that. I mean, the opening scene with him and Hildebrand, yeah. where he tries to make the argument, and I love how much how nervous uh, Trapper, excuse me, Trapper, how much nervous Henry is when he stands up to talk into Radar, and he starts like batting the sides of his thighs because yeah. he's just got all this nervous energy, and of course. Like a lot of people, when they get nervous, they talk too much. Mm-hmm. And then he's just going on and on about, you know, it makes sense. And then he's, he talks about them when Radar brings in the doll, brings in the um, the glass, and he you know, he brings in two goblets of, of booze. And he's like, oh, Hildebrand doesn't want any. He's like, oh, I won't bring his in then. So- That's in my notes too, dude. <laughs> That's a great line. Oh, I don't want to bring his in, his glass in. <laughs> Yeah, I, the radar not helping the situation. No, I know there's a moment that's going to come up when they're all in the mess tent and they all sit down together, and Henry refers to, to Hawkeye and Trapper as Pearson Tire. That is my favorite line. Is it? I was going to put that. That is my favorite line, and it's such I, – I think the first five times I watched this episode, I didn't notice that because it's sort of under his breath. Uh-huh. Because he's Henry uh, Hawkeye asks him for the the butter no, Henry and and Henry's too nervous Henry Henry the butter and then he and then he says he he puts his thumb he in does. it first of all he does and then he hands it over and he goes here you go Pearson tired he's so nervous he can't even put their names together it's even I just I love it. I do too and it's even on on the Hulu version of it it's on the subtitles <laughs> oh is it, it? that's great it is. that's awesome it's so good <laughs> yeah I lo- I really love it and so again it's it's. It's a great, it's a great second pilot because we get everybody in their own element. I mean, we see we see that Henry is he cares for these people. He's a he's not necessarily a great commander, but he he really you know he wants everybody to stay there because he cares for them. And then we see we see radar is kind of like you know frittering around at the edges, and then we see um, uh, Margaret and Frank and you know all their goings on, and then Hawkeye and Trapper. How Hawkeye and Trapper cannot help themselves, but. But pull these gags. Exactly. Like on, on, when they do the whole bit about, you know. Uh, they love the door shut. We're going we're, yeah, to open a clinic. You know, <laughs> uh, the three of us. Yeah, Frank would park the cars. You know, like they can't help themselves. Or like when they ask, uh, they pretend that they don't know why Hildebrand is there. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Henry, what's your specialty? And I think it's Henry says gynecology. Ear, nose, and, and throat. And goes, ears, nose, and throat. He's like, well, you were close, Henry. Captain Hildebrand, nose, throat, and bloomers. Yeah, nose, throat, and bloomers, yeah. <laughs> I, I love um, also there was something um, going back to when they're still introducing everybody when Clayton is. And Clayton, it's, it's a great exposition episode. It really is. It reminds me in a way of a great Buffy episode where Giles does all the talking. And, mm-hmm. and you get all this great exposition that just comes off that's just talk. Anyway, um, when, when Frank's like, who rewrote these commandments? And the camera <laughs> zooms and will trap her and he looks and puts his camera and puts his magazine down and has that look like it was me. 
Uh, just I love that Trapper is reading like a military magazine, which he's clearly just used as a prop because uh, he would. It has MacArthur on the cover. Uh, like that is not anything Trapper would ever read. No, I love that. No, and another thing I noticed about this is how pervy Frank and Margaret are in this episode. Mm-hmm. There's at least three instances. There's when Henry comes in on them. Like, let me remind you, Mrs. MacArthur. Or whatever, <laughs> or whatever else you've been up to. That's great. I love the delivery. The Henry scene to their bullshit. He's, he's like, I know you guys ratted me out. I know it. Jerks. You know, kind of thing. I like that. And, and there was something else. Oh, I totally, totally missed, missed around on it, though. But it's just, oh, I know what it was. Um, obviously, Frank sneaks into her tent, and they board up the door. And then Frank sneaks out of the shower with clothing, which I assume has to do with him and, and Margaret. That is Frank, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Yes. So it's really they just can't. They're the, they're as bad as Hawkeye and Trapper. They cannot absolutely control themselves. It's almost like Hildebrand. There is a thrill for them to try and get around it or something. It's just so odd that they just cannot keep their hands off of each other. Mm. I, I definitely think that was a subtext throughout the show. Is that that uh, Margaret and Frank? Not only do they need to have their passionate assignations, they need to kind of do it at the risk of getting caught. I agree. Because. It was it was a it was a constant thing of like you know where can we go behind the lard cans and you're like well why don't you just go to Margaret's tent exactly. like you have Mar- Margaret's tent is always empty so what are you guys talking about <laughs> so um, in the opening scene where uh, where Radar collects uh, Hawkeye and Trapper at like four in the morning so they can have the secret talk in the shower mm-hmm. I love I, I always said that Alan Alda was really good at real laughing uh-huh. like if 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 the laughing he's doing was was part of the script. He was really good at making it sound uh, genuine, uh-huh. and that's hard to do. I've seen a lot of actors not be able to do it, but I love it when Radar goes over to to wake up Trapper, uh-huh. and he, he can't do it, and he's like, Trapper, 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 and Trapper's like, ah! and he gets scared, and then Hawkeye just laughs uncontrollably. I I just think, <laughs> that's it's great. so good. Because you're right, and, I, and you've talked about that on past episodes, how you're right, Alan Alda and Wayne Rogers a lot of times look genuine. Like, if yeah. they're not ad-libbing it, they just thought, the line delivery when they got to do it on camera was still just that funny. And you're right. All it just does look like it's just, you know, Wade Rogers probably in rehearsal said, I'm going to do it this way and just did it that way when they actually filmed it. And it caught Ellen Alden perfectly. It's so good. Maybe so. Yeah. Um, by the way, we do, we do find out in that scene with Henry and Margaret and Frank that of course it was a report from Margaret and Frank that got all this started. Mm-hmm. They, they, they snitched. Yep. To to General Clayton, and uh, that's what got all this in trouble, and that would that's what inspires the line that you just mentioned about they're, you're, they're gonna they're gonna break us all up, you know, and so that kind of thing. It's like that's gonna that's gonna it's gonna um uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like rebound back on you mm-hmm. uh, that you know you you two aren't gonna be around each other either. Uh, but of course, none of this works because we see Hildebrand is up early in the morning. He's even got a cup of coffee already, and he's watching all this goes on. I mean, literally, Radar says the fix is he in. does. He does. And it's so neat because you're right. It's like, you know, he's so ahead of the game. You know, of course, Hawkeye and Trapper don't care. They don't care at all. You know, so if they get caught doing something, let's just say we're just having fun. We're just trying to release stress. You know, but yeah, he is. He is very on it. Hildebrand is there to, again, I keep going back to that. He said he's there to do the job and do it well. He's unlike, unlike Sidney, unlike Sidney Freeman, who is extremely empathetic to all of them and has, has yes. no agenda ever. You know, other than to do right, you know, kind of thing. And it's, you know, yeah, Hildebrand, he's, he's, he's on the mark. He, he's no dummies. Mm. You know, it's funny to think about. I never, it never really occurred to me that, of course, Sidney Friedman will come onto the show in just two shows from mm-hmm. now. And it's, it's interesting. Like, they, I guess if they had wanted to, they could have brought Hildebrand back. True. You know, as the psychiatrist. I'm glad they didn't because I think Alan Arvis is like a treasure. He is. But that's interesting. They really could have done that. Um, 
I do notice that there is a couple of a little bit of um I guess time wasters a little. Like there's a scene where you have two random people from the four seven seventh and they're listening to the, the loudspeaker and there's there's a joke about we're gonna have Yom Kippur uh, celebrations for people of the Jewish faith and they give like a weird look and like that's just the total we need to eat up twenty seconds. Right. So we'll just we'll just stick in a gag that doesn't require any of the main actors. We can hire two basically extras just to pop that in. I mean we later see Frank come out of the shower in the same shot. Yeah, it's like a fillery way. It, yeah. Yeah, but it is sort of a filler, just like, okay, the show is probably a couple seconds short. So, <laughs> and, and maybe even they were figuring, Larry Gilbert was figuring that a lot of the audience maybe had seen the movie, True. had not seen the show. And so he was trying to pepper it a little bit with stuff from the movie. I mean, the final voiceover yes. where they re, where they re, you know, introduce the cast is right out of the movie. It it's the same exact dog. So this is like the second time they've, they've done it. And you have to assume that most people, not most, yeah. but a lot of people had seen the movie because it was a massive right. hit. And it's funny because you're right because I feel like it's almost verbatim, you know, you know. And I like how at the end of in the final voiceover, how he kind of stammers, like the speaker in in the movie version would at times, like kind of like you know, trying to read the Daily Report and, and missing a line or missing a beat or something. Yep. And it's almost verbatim from the you know, snatching laughs and love, you know, and all that jazz. It comes right out of the end of the Altman version when they do their cast out kind of thing. Yep. I like that. It's nice. So again, I love it when Radar bursts in and says, you know, hey, uh, the, the, there's wounded and everybody bolts up. Uh, and again, and the, there is a one kind of weird little detail, and this only comes from watching these shows so many 10,000 times. Mm -hmm. But when they get to the OR, um, everybody's already at work, and we see that it's really busy. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Henry walks in and says, uh, who ordered the pepperoni mm -hmm. pizza? And I'm like... Why is Henry goofing around? Shouldn't he already be in surgery? Like, I, it's kind of, he doesn't seem like he's in that much of a hurry, which is weird because you see how busy it is. He almost looks like, I'm glad you said that because I noted that too because I like that, that line about the pepperoni pizza. And, and he sort of goes through, and it's almost like it's, he's overseeing the surgery because you know, I think Trapper says, I need sponges. He's like, sponges over here kind of thing. It's like, there are sponges kind mm -hmm. of thing. He's almost like it's just, like maybe they're getting caught up enough where now he's just kind of making sure everything's flowing. That everybody has what Maybe so. everybody has what they need, you know, and he just it is he does kind of glide, glide through, and he looks and he looks proud. He almost looks slightly proud of the fact that they're just they're on on it. They are at their top of their game, which they would have been any other day anyway. You know, kind of thing. That's that's true. You're right. He does look kind of proud. Mm -hmm. That is true. Yeah. yeah, He's like this is he's. I guess he figures this is the best. You know, this is the group at their best. It is. You know? It is. And I also like how subtle it is with Hildebrand. When he gets disgusted uh -huh. because he doesn't like – he doesn't make any noise. He doesn't like wretch. He just – he looks over. He looks between Hawkeye um, – yeah, Hawkeye and, and – Margaret. Margaret and looks into the patient and then he re he Wheels pulls back. his head he back does. and he just looks like he's about to faint. And it's actually like relatively subtle. None of the characters comment mm -hmm. on it. Uh, I like that. I like the idea that he's just like, oh my – like he just had, did not have an appreciation he, for what these people are he doing. He wasn't prepared. He honestly wasn't prepared to look it right into the face of surgery. You know, meatball surgery, you know, it yep. just, you know, and you're right. He does that, that sort of, whoa, it, it re he's almost like he reels back, you know, from it. And it's just, you're right. I like that. And then, and you do actually kind of runs out of, uh, out of the operating uh, theater, you know, and then of course he has straight to the swamp where he, right. where he utters the, the fantastic line, which is these, these guys make a gin that would melt your dog tags. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. And that's it. I like do like that scene at the end, and it is sort of funny that the whole thing ends with um, 
where General Clayton is like, well, all right, you know, I'm going to go by. We'll, we'll keep everybody together. Mm. And then he turns to Margaret and he's like, are you still in your same tent? And Henry, not understanding it, <laughs> says, oh, no, sir, they moved me out of that tent a, a couple of months ago. And he's like, oh, Henry, come on, that's not. <laughs> oh, oh, I've got a moment that I, 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 I was hoping you had seen. And if you hadn't, go check it out. Um, when they're all at, in the mess hall, uh, when they're in the mess tent, faking it. And Margaret shows up. And he's like, mind if I join? And they all stand up for Watch Larry Linville as Frank. He does this funny face like he's going, yeah, 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 yeah. yes, yes, that's right. He does. Like, he does. I know that's weird. Like, he's upset. Well, he's mad at Margaret, I guess, at that point because he knows that, um, that uh, General Clayton and her are messing around. Right. So I guess he's maybe that's like a, a, a subplot that they cut out where they had a bigger argument or something. But you're right. He does. I love that. I love that. He's like, meh, 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 and you're right. I couldn't tell if he was ill at her. Or if he was really just catching the comment that Hawkeye and them had made before about the parking the car. You know, about the, uh, we'll go into business together, Frank will park the cars. And I couldn't tell it the way it's edited because it's obviously a separate shot. But I thought the same thing. Like, he was a little jealous of the fact that they all kind of stood up for Margaret. And he was kind of like, meh, meh, meh. That's but, interesting, yeah. Or, 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 or if it's a reference to the assholes. Yeah, meh, meh, talking crap about me. But I'm glad you saw that because it's a great look. It's like. What are you doing, Frank? What are you doing? <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. I mean, when I, I've seen all these shows so mm. much that now when I rewatch them for, for the podcast, I have a chance to, you know, look at the little corners yep. of stuff I never noticed before. There is one other thing that I did notice is that in the mess tent, it, now that you brought it up, you see someone, presumably a Korean local, huh. is the one dispensing the food. <sighs> we see that there, we see like a, a purple or blue robe. And they're on the other side of the mess tent handing out the food. And so obviously that is something that they would get rid of because uh, in the, they would eventually pretty soon bring in Igor. Yep. Uh, and then he would, and they realized that they didn't – I guess they just felt like it, they didn't need to have uh, people dressed as locals doing it. And maybe that even suggested a slightly sinister cast that you're having the locals kind of do your work for right. you. And so they brought in you know, one of the – they have a staff that does this. But I, you, you only see them for half a second. It's over their shoulder. But you can't miss it because it's, the color is so distinctive. I I'd never spotted that because again, I focus on because Hawkeye has the line about basically about how awful the food is. I said that's all I've ever really focused on, but I will check that. I did not notice that. Yep. Touch. yep, yep. So, well, all right, well, we're going to wrap this one up, but I, I mean, I want to ask you, like, do you have a favorite line? We already went through yep. mine, which is the Pearson tire. <laughs> I mean, this thing, this thing has a bunch of great lines, but do you have a particular favorite? I probably really probably the line that always I think about with this episode is I have seen voyeurism. Fetishism and a few isms <laughs> I've never even heard of. I love that line. I, I love how it just that that's the one that sticks because I like isms, you know, because like you could throw that in, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, or the itis kind of thing. But yeah, I love that line. And it's just, and I'm sorry, I want to pick more because it's uh, screwed up in reverse. That's great. Um, you know, I like, I like that, that the nose, throat, and bloomers line. I've never really caught that one before. But, uh, but um, yeah, the definite ism line, that's my favorite line, purely. Yeah, that is, that is really mm-hmm. <laughs> is a really good line. So, but uh, so yeah, it's divided. We stand. Like I said it was it was written as a second pilot, and obviously it worked because Mash kept all of all in the families as audience, mm-hmm. and it went on. It, as of this point, it became a hit, and it stayed a hit for the remaining ten seasons, starting an incredible run. And and personally for me, I think that there is not a single even I, I don't want to say bad because I don't think there are actually any bad episodes of mash Mm. but i would say that there's not even a weak episode of mash in the next four seasons i would argue that two three four and five are just perfect all the way down the line and that is just to me an extraordinary they really are because like you said the the completion of this one and the completion of the next season 
which of course, you know, has the most heartbreaking finale of any TV show. Yes. And, and then, and like I said, introducing Potter and getting him into the mix in, in, in four is so good. And again, I'm, I'm again, I prefer Henry and Trapper. That's just me. I, I like the slapsticky stuff. That's, I, I guess that, because again, I was a kid, especially when I got into it. And as I got a little older, I appreciated the drama more, which became far more prevalent, you know, in later seasons. But yeah. Sure. But yeah, but I mean, and of course, then as I got older, I realized who Harry Morgan was. It's like, oh my God, this is a casting coup. And of course, then of course he pops up on, you know, I think it's what is it, episode one of season three as the, uh, the. Yeah, the general flipped it on. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, so, I mean, it's really neat. You know, this is, it, this is such a great season. I, I'm just going to grab this real quick. Before I watched this today to do my research, I watched uh, Deal Me Out, which probably oh. is my favorite episode of season two. I love that episode. I do too. Because, yeah. I mean, <laughs> number one, you got Alan Arbus, you got Pat Morita, and you get Edward Winter not playing, not playing flag, but playing flag. Maybe. Yeah. May, yeah, maybe flag. We don't know. That's true. <laughs> that he could have just been faking. We'll talk about it when we get to that episode. <laughs> but yeah, it could, could be flag. We never know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they, they were just, they were cooking. They were, they were cooking. And so, yeah, it's a great, it's a great way to, to start the second season. So, uh, well, I think that is going to do it for Divided We Stand. Lee, thank you so much for coming on, man. This has been so super fun. I'm, I'm glad we had a chance to finally get you on the show. Me too, man. Me too. I love this show. I do. I mean, once, once you get, once it starts, getting everything gets recorded and everything's week to week and all that. I'm so happy because I did. That was great. Every other week getting that Wednesday, Wednesday mass cast episode. It's just gold. It's just absolute gold. So thanks again. Thank you brother for having me on here. Uh, you're guaranteed to be invited back after that little testimony. Yes, sir. So thank you very much. So, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. If you want to listen to back episodes of the show, go to the website, fireandwaterpodcast.com. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes and on Stitcher, and we're always talking MASH over on Twitter, which is at MASH4077CAST. So thanks, everybody, for listening, and until the next episode, that is all. The men are always complimenting each other's work. And we're thinking of going into practice together when we get home. Isn't that right, Trent? Yeah. We're going to open our own clinic, the three of us. That's right. The three of us war buddies would run the place. Frank would park the cars.